Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am, the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future, but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am, the podcast, and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acast Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season three is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to. And what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am The Podcast, past and future, completely ad-free. So no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. My goodness, am I excited about today's episode. Today we're talking with the author Bethan Roberts about her book My Policeman, which is now a feature film with an incredible cast, including Harry Styles, Emma Corrin, and Rupert Everett. The story is about two people who love the same man and acknowledges a time where things were complex and difficult for the queer community. Please welcome to the podcast, the incredible Bethan Roberts. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. So Bethan, thank you so much for being a guest on season two of Queer I Am, the podcast. I'm so excited to speak with you today. Um, it's an absolute thrill. And we've had conversations probably over the last four or five months. I've been hounding your publicist and we're finally here. So just thank you so much for giving up your time and coming to speak to me about this amazing book. I'm so excited to talk to you about it. It's a total pleasure. Thank no. you for having me. No, it's incredible. So how are you feeling today? How am I feeling? I'm okay. You're okay. I'm a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit scattered. There's a lot of stuff going on, Lots you know, happening. but I'll try and focus. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can only imagine how busy you must be at the moment. But um, but no, we've got lots to talk about and um, hopefully we'll cover everything. So if you had, I always do this with all of the guests, but if you had a song to reflect your mood today, 
What would that song be? Oh my goodness, now you've asked me, haven't you? <laughs> what would that song be? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it would be nice to um, it would be nice to get a bit of calm in my life okay. at the moment. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of a calm song. Can I go for? I'm going to go for um, "Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered," which is kind of how I'm a bit feeling at the moment, but not, but not for the reasons in the song, really. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Although sometimes I feel that way, but yeah, I do, I do love that song, and um, yeah, and it also it does feature in the film, which I think I can say now. There's a little exclusive. Oh, amazing. So, yes, I was very happy when when I heard it. Oh, that's incredible. That's mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah, I think um, sometimes you just need a bit of calming music, don't you, just to kind of relax and just kind of settle down with everything kind of going on. And do. it feels like autumn today as well. It's Yes, it does. You know, I know. First of September we're recording. but um, I know, yeah. I should have chosen autumn leave, shouldn't I? Yeah, it does, <laughs> it does, it does really feel that way. But I don't mind. I quite like mm. September mm -hmm. and I like a kind of new term. Yeah. I loved school, so I'm just one of those really sad people who goes and like enjoys buying stationery. Okay, so when you go into WH Smith and you see the new pencil cases, you're a bit excited. I'm so happy. <laughs> I get so like happy. a feeling of dread. I'm like, oh, back to school. Do you? Yeah, I, do. I know. You I have see. To say, the different I'm, experiences yeah, maybe. I'm, yeah, you see, I loved it. And like, you know, new uniform, new person, mm. new hairdo. Yeah. Love all of Reinvent that. Reinvent yourself over the six weeks. Yeah. Amazing. I love that. Fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. So um, where did you grow up and where is home now? So I grew up in the small town of Abingdon in Oxfordshire, okay, um, which is kind of right in the middle of the country mm -hmm. and um, is a very kind of lovely place, but a very small place. Mm -hmm. um, and I moved to Brighton in, I don't know, 1994, oh, oh wow. my goodness, quite a long time ago. Oh, amazing. Um, to do an MA at Sussex. Um, and I just loved it and wanted to stay. So I stayed here. It's such a common story that I hear. We came here for university. Mm -hmm. We never left. And that's lovely, isn't it? It's it's kind of mm. half the population, isn't it, really? Mm. It's like once you're in, you mm -hmm. don't want to get out, you know? Yeah. Because yeah, there's sort of nowhere like it, is there? It's a but. It's it's kind of um, that thing of being on the edge, I think, of the of, yeah. of the country. It's yeah. sort of a bit. It, it's it's neither here nor there, mm. which makes it very special. Mm. I mm. think it's a beautiful place. What what do you think really gets under your skin about Brighton in a good way? What kind of, as well as it being a wonderful place, what is it that you love about the city? I think I just love um, the variety of it. You mm. know um, that it's it's you know everywhere you look. It's it can be kind of beautiful and ugly at the same time, <laughs> yeah. which I really like. Yeah, I like that it's not too big. Yeah, is the truth of it. You mm -hmm. know, I, I I've never lived in London. And I don't think I ever could really. No. I'm a small town girl. You yeah. know, and Brighton and Hove, although they pretend to be a city, it feel, it still feels like two towns to me. <laughs> and it's a community. It's such a community, isn't it? I mean, we say yeah. this on all the podcasts. Everyone just says how much more chilled it is compared to London, and I completely agree. You go I there, say. it's very hostile, whereas. Here, there just seems to be an air of calm. And even if it's busy, you just feel like, I think it's maybe the sea and just the general city vibe. But Yeah, um, yeah. it's always lovely to get off that train, mm, isn't it? And get yes. that kind of sea breeze yeah. in your face. It's yeah. very nice. And, you know, and I also love now, I mean, I, you know, I didn't really notice this when I, when I moved here because I was young, you know, and I just was interested in kind of going out, really. Mm -hmm. But, um, <laughs> but um, you know, I love that it's between the, the coast and the downs, you know, yes. I mean, where I live, you can just kind of walk out onto the downs and you've got all that space there as well. And yeah. it is beautiful. You've got the yeah. balance of both, really, haven't you? Which yeah. is so nice. So yeah, lovely. Yeah. So 
the book, My Policeman, I absolutely fell in love with this book. It was oh. just beautiful. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, and we've got so much to talk about because so much is is happening. Um, and I guess it tells a story which a lot of people in our queer community will be interested in. Um, but for anyone that hasn't read the book, can you tell us a bit more about it? Yes, I can. Um, so um, My Policeman is a novel about two people who are in love with the same man, essentially. And um, one of them is called Marion. She's a school teacher. And when she's very young, she meets a man called Tom, who's very young, extremely handsome, a kind of all-round blonde bombshell sea swimmer mm -hmm. and um, a policeman. And also in love with Tom is um, a slightly older man named Patrick Hazelwood, who is a much more kind of sophisticated, urbane character than Marion. Um, and he is a museum curator and a kind of amateur artist, I suppose. In mm. it's all, and it's all set in Brighton. And it's complicated uh, greatly by the fact that it's set in the 50s. Mm -hmm. So it's an era when, you know, essentially um, to be gay was illegal. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, all three characters are kind of battling, I suppose, with that, with a huge amount of repression and mm -hmm. with not being able to be who they truly are. Mm -hmm. um, and it unfolds um, in two voices. So you hear from Marion and you hear from Patrick, and mm -hmm. they are describing um, their relationship with Tom, who mm -hmm. you don't hear from directly. No, and I, yeah, and I love that because, I mean, we'll come on to the sequence of events and things, but um, without giving too much away, because we want people to, you know, read the book and watch the film. But yes. um, I loved that you kind of dipped into both of their thoughts and their feelings about the situation. And, and obviously it goes over a period of time as well. So it was, it was a really lovely um, read. Where did the inspiration for the book come from initially? So the inspiration for the book is a kind of quite long and meandering uh, story, so forgive me. But um, <laughs> it started with E.M. Um, e. Forster, um, the great British novelist, you know, really famous. Um, and when I, when I started researching the book, which was kind of a long time, it's probably about, I don't know, 15 years ago now that mm -hmm. I started researching it because, you know, novels take a long time to write and it didn't come out until 2012. So... Um, when I was researching it, I thought that I would write a book about Forster because I've always loved his writing. Mm -hmm. When I was a teenager, I saw the movie Room with a View mm -hmm. very early on, and that kind of got me into him, to mm -hmm. be honest. Um, I mean, it's a beautiful movie with some beautiful men in it as well, mm -hmm. <laughs> Rupert Graves, and um, worth seeing. And um, so I thought, well, maybe I can write a book about Forster. So mm -hmm. I kind of started looking into his story. And at that time, the main sort of biography of Forster was 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 called Forster: A Life, and it was by one of one of his friends essentially. And it's a really good book, but it's very coy about his love life. Mm -hmm. And there are these. I mean, since then there have been other biographies published, which are you know a lot more kind of out. Mm -hmm. But um, there are these photos in there of Forster and his great friend okay. <laughs> Bob Buckingham, okay. and um, they, there's one in particular where they're kind of looking at each other with this huge amount of love really and mm -hmm. respect mm -hmm. right and you know I mean I knew obviously that that Forster was gay and I knew that he had you know because um he wrote a novel called Morris Gay Love Story which didn't come out until after his death which is what he wanted mm -hmm. um although he wrote it back in I think the 1910s and um 
So I was really interested in that kind of secret history, I suppose, mm -hmm. of Forster, which felt even more secret at that time because, mm -hmm. as I said, those biographies hadn't really been, mm -hmm. hadn't, were about to come out, I think. So um, I kind of zoomed in on that. And the thing that really uh, interested me was that Bob um, Forster's, uh, who was a policeman, by the way, Bob Buckingham, okay. um, Forster's lover for 40 years, remained married to a woman called May, who was a nurse, okay. right? Stay with me, it's a long story. <laughs> and, and, at the, and at the end of Forster's life, it was May who was actually there holding Forster's hand as he died. So I was interested in her because that was, again, a kind of a big silence, mm. you know, in this story. I didn't know exactly how that had worked out and how they mm -hmm. how had they got to that point, mm. you know, where she was the one um, doing that on Forster's deathbed. So I, I, I kind of became really into that story. And and then as I kind of researched, I thought, actually, I can't write a book about Ian Forster. It's just too huge, mm -hmm. you know. And also, who am I to dare to write a book about this great writing a book about writers? is mm -hmm. like fraught with difficulty, yeah, right? Yeah, and absolutely. you don't want to take it lightly at all. You don't take any novel lightly, but, you know, certainly not that. So I didn't feel quite up to that. But I thought, well, I'm really interested in this kind of relationship, you know. And I'd also wanted to write about Brighton for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, I wonder if I can kind of put those two things together. Mm. So that's what I did. And I changed the time to the 50s because it seemed to me a time when, um, you know, there, it was, it was, there was going to be a lot of pressure mm -hmm. on those people mm -hmm. because of the witch hunts, you know, the kind of government-funded witch hunts into um, gay men and the kind of huge crackdown on gay mm -hmm. culture, which obviously was a huge part of Brighton life, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I read a book, a fantastic book called Daring Hearts, um, which is essentially um, uh, a uh, history of um, gay men and women in Brighton in the 1950s and 60s, an oral history. Mm -hmm. It's a fantastic book. By, it was published by Queen's Park Books, which is a local publisher. Mm -hmm. um, and that just had so many stories of, you know, kind of wonderful and joyful mm -hmm. gay lives in mm -hmm. Brighton in that time, but mm -hmm. also stories of loneliness, you know, repression, um, terrible secrecy and, you know, people losing their jobs, you know, uh, losing their lives mm -hmm. actually and, you know, blackmail and all the sort of awful things that happened in that time. So I kind of, I, I was interested in that as well and it all kind of came together, I suppose, yeah. in, in my policeman. I think it all, and everything you've just mentioned, you you know, you you see all of that within the story and I think it's so well done. And I think that, you know, obviously as a queer person, I really felt so sad for Tom and for Patrick because clearly there was this love story and mm. this love. But you, as you said, you've got all the repression and, you know, that's something that's kind of gone on for the decades, really. And then you've got Marion who really just wants to love her husband. And I've seen documentaries like this in the past where you where you see, you know, uh, women where their, their husbands come out as gay or trans and and you always think, well, that's an incredible strength when someone sticks by someone and actually their love kind of um kind of surpasses anything else that's that's really really lovely um but obviously it's very challenging and difficult and that comes across throughout you know Marion's story as well so I think the book itself was so well done in that you got to hear everyone's kind of version of events and how, how everyone was kind of feeling um and you really stepped into their shoes as well um thank you so was that was that kind of I mean it's quite a sensitive topic isn't it so were you nervous about writing about it oh I was very very nervous and yeah. I'm still nervous you know mm -hmm. about it and um I didn't 
take it lightly. And I, you know, and one of the reasons why Marion is in the book mm-hmm. is because I thought, well, you know, I've got much more of a right, if you like, mm-hmm. to write Marion because, you know, I'm a straight woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm not a gay man. So what right have I got to write in Patrick Hazelwood's voice? And I did avoid it for quite a long time mm-hmm. because I was worried. Um, and, you know, I think... It was a different time when I wrote it because, as I said, you know, I started writing it probably about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if I would take that on now, you know, because okay. things have moved on. You know, the conversation has moved on mm-hmm. in a very good way, I mm-hmm. think, you know, and with all the kind of, uh, you know, right emphasis now on own voices in, in publishing and in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's a great step forward. And, you know, I would be really hesitant to mm-hmm. do it now. And I was hesitant then. Um, but actually, you know, what kind of happened was, you know, when I was researching, I just, I just kind of loved Patrick and I could sort mm. of hear him speaking to me. And that's always what happens, mm. you know, in novels is that you, um, you kind of take on these characters and they are all you, mm-hmm. obviously, because they come from you. Mm-hmm. Right. So Patrick is me, Marion's me, Tom's me, you know, they're all kind of different aspects of me. Um, but you also kind of try and just absorb your research, you know, and you try and kind of ventriloquize, I suppose, mm-hmm. those voices. Um, and I felt very close to Patrick and he is still my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, when I was rereading the book not long ago, I thought, actually, thank God Patrick comes in because, you know, I was getting a bit fed up with Marion, frankly. <laughs> and, you know, and I thought, well, the book really comes to life when he's in it. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Was I right to do that? I'm still not sure. But I just know I had an absolute ball writing him. And, you know, I, I don't think I've ever thought once this was written by a woman. So for me, I lost Phew. myself in the characters. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. you know, I could, I could really feel the pain and the kind of exhaustion and the love. All of it came through from all all three characters. And obviously, you know, Tom is very guarded and very close, isn't he? He's a very close character. Yes. Um, and I felt so sorry for him because you know it's that. I mean, Patrick had a a level of authenticity where he was openly gay and he, of course he couldn't be out there kind of publicizing it, but people yes. knew that he was. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I love the parts in the museum where, you know, Tom would go for a, a coffee or something and the secretary would kind of, you know, just hover around the door and they'd be like, that's enough. Thank you. And, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, I, I think he was more kind of out and, you know, more comfortable with himself. Whereas Tom had this real repression. He had to be the person that his father wanted him to be. He had to be the policeman. He had to be all of these things. And that's I think exactly. so many people go through that and, you capture even now people go through that and yeah. I think you really captured the of essence of that so that was really great yeah well I think you know that what's easy to forget is the class difference mm. you know I mean Tom's a working class lad right mm. I mean I grew up in you know in a, on a council estate in a working class culture and you know that is a different kettle of fish altogether mm-hmm. um, you know when it comes to coming out especially mm-hmm. in that era yeah absolutely. you know I mean that is an era of huge violence and threat And, you know, that's what Tom's feeling. Mm -hmm. So that's why he is so silent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you you alluded to it uh, about the book that you read that inspired you. But what I found really touching about the book as well, and again, we won't give too much away, but Marion is obviously, you know, she's distraught. She's heartbroken. She's, you know, um, she retaliates. She's there's all the emotions that kind of go on in the book. But at the end, there was a real kind of triumph with her in terms of, you kind of got to see like the humanity of someone who loves someone just because actually it doesn't matter what's gone on in the past. It's just friendship and it's love. And we won't give too much away, but you know, 
that really comes out for me. And then she finds her own, which I thought was really beautifully done as well. Um, I oh, thank you. Yeah, I wasn't sure where that was going to go at the end, but actually when that happened, no. I was like, wow, okay, that's that's a real twist. Do you know what? I wasn't sure where it was going to go either. <laughs> and that's true, yeah. you know, because when you write a book, you don't you don't know. I had an idea that I knew I was going to end up with, mm-hmm. with the three of them together there mm-hmm. because, you know, that was my kind of image mm-hmm. that I'd started with, Forster and May and Bob. Yeah. But I didn't know how I was going to get there mm. or how I was going to get out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to kind of write it to find out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad it worked. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I hope that there's a little bit. It is a very sad story, mm-hmm. um, kind of necessarily so, I think. But I hope that there's a bit of hope mm-hmm. there as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that there's a bit of light for them. Mm-hmm. Do you think that um, this is a kind of off-the-cuff thought, right, but do you think that Tom could have his own story as a sequel because i guess from tom's perspective you know he kind of you know he kind of fades into the background doesn't he and he's very closed Mm. off doesn't really communicate very much isolates himself Mm -hmm. but actually how did he how did he grow when all when everything happened and everything kind of you know was complete at the end of the book Mm -hmm. what was the next chapter of his life and i think that would be a really interesting read it would i think you should write it A lot of collaboration coming on here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Good idea. Yeah, no, I mean, it would be it it would be a really interesting story, I think. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, several times I tried to write Tom mm. in the book, but the truth is every time I tried to write him, the kind of tension went out of it. Mm. And I think it's something about, um, you know, throughout the book, you're not quite sure what Tom is mm. feeling and thinking, although I hope you get a lot of hints. Mm. Um you know, and that kind of adds a sort of another question, I suppose, mm. to the read, mm. which I quite liked. So in the end, I, I didn't write Tom, but that's not to say I won't ever write him. No. And I guess as well, sometimes, you know, you know, authors or filmmakers or TV makers, they make show after show or book after book. And actually, sometimes it takes away the essence of how powerful the initial story was mm. because they it goes too far. So sometimes it is better to leave it, isn't it? And kind of People can wonder and make up their own opinion. Yeah, less is more. Yeah, absolutely. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And obviously this is now a film which is just incredible. You must be just... Amazing! Uh, Can yeah, I just go like that? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> you must be thrilled. I mean, what? when did you get the call and how did this all kind of come about? Oh, my God. So, okay, so another long and involved mm. story, um, necessarily. Because, so what happened was uh, the book came out and, you know, it got some nice reviews, mm-hmm. which was lovely. And to be honest, you know, none of my books have you know caused a huge sensation (laughs) it's like you know they've all had sort of quite nice reviews and Mm -hmm. they've sold a few copies but nothing major you know um and this one was absolutely no different and then about a year after it came out i suppose um my agent said oh so um this guy robbie rogers um who's a soccer player i'm saying soccer because he's american Mm -hmm. right but he played for leeds um has written a book about coming out because he's like one of the only professional soccer players to come out. I think he was okay. the second one after Justin Fashionu. Yeah. And um, he's written a memoir about it and he came in to see me and I gave him your book and he loved it and he wants to buy the option. I was like, okay, that's all quite odd, isn't it? Mm. You know, because mm. it's like, okay, so I wasn't really expecting that. And, um, you know, I mean, I'd had another book optioned and what usually happens when a book is optioned is... You get a nice little bit of money and you think, oh, hurrah, and you get sort of ideas. Mm-hmm. But everybody tells you, okay, yeah, but, you know, it's like 1% of okay. books that get optioned actually get made. Okay. And it takes a huge amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't get your hopes up, but how nice mm-hmm. to have the option. So I sort of felt like that about it, really. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't hear anything. And then about a, probably another year later, uh, he messaged me and said, oh, you know, do you want to meet up? I'm in London. And, um, you know, we had a chat and I kind of, and he was just so lovely. And I knew then that he was totally the right person. Mm-hmm. And I knew how serious he was about the book mm-hmm. because, you know, I'd said yes, because it's like, let's face it, you know, when are you going to get your, your book optioned? It's amazing. Of course, you're going to say yes. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, I met him and I thought, oh, OK, mm-hmm. he's really serious, mm-hmm. you know, and he it really means a lot. To, you know, that book had really mm-hmm. spoken to him. Mm-hmm. And so that was amazing. And then um, he is actually married to a guy named Greg Berlanti, who is a big TV producer and film producer in the States. Okay. So then it became kind of very serious. uh, But all along, you know, I mean, it took about, I don't know, eight years Mm. for it to actually happen. Mm -hmm. But all along I was thinking, nah, you know, that's never going to happen. Come on, Mm -hmm. you know, don't be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and there'd be a long silence and then I'd get another call where they go, oh, okay, yeah, so, you know, we've got a script and the script writer came to see me, Ron Nyswena, who wrote Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so Oscar-winning Ron Nyswena, right? Yeah. So he came to see me and I was like, oh, my God, what's this going to be like? You know, (laughs) Hollywood script writer coming to my house. Yeah. And he was just gorgeous and, you know, just so nice. And I walked him all round 
Brighton and I took him to Peacehaven to show him the delights of, of all the uh, film's locations. So, you know, that was great. And so, again, it felt a bit like, oh, maybe it will happen, mm. you know. Mm. And then occasionally I'd get calls of like, oh, so-and-so is reading it. And like, oh, no, 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 they didn't go for it. And then about two years ago, um, I had a call to say, oh, do you want to come to London for a meeting? Um, I'm meeting a, a, from Robbie's, so, you know, me, meeting a director. So, oh, yeah, all right then. And I went along and the director was, was Michael Grandage, who's the, the director. Mm. And ag- again, I mean, he was just, you know, fantastic. And I knew that, you know, he was the right person to take this forward because mm-hmm. he was so serious about it, so understood the book. Mm-hmm. And they said in that meeting, oh, and um, Harry Styles is interested in playing Tom. <clears throat> <laughs> now, you've got to remember... I'm a middle-aged bookish woman, right? <laughs> so I know who Harry Styles is, but I had no... I didn't really know how uh-huh. famous okay. Harry Styles is. Yeah. So I was like, okay, right, kind of just trying to take it in, you know, mm-hmm. what that actually meant. Mm-hmm. And then after I... And, you know, obviously it was a hugely exciting meeting, but I hadn't quite understood, I think, what that meant. And then when I got out of the meeting, I Googled Harry Styles okay. just to kind of, you know really get it in my head who, who he was. <laughs> exactly exactly what it meant do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. and then I was like oh and then obviously I swore very loudly and I kind of ran to get my train because I had so much adrenaline mm-hmm. and it was just and from that point on it was just like okay this film is is actually gonna it's gonna happen it's, it's gonna happen now you know yeah I think incredible uh, yeah I mean the cast Harry Styles Emma Corrin um yeah I mean it's just it is just absolutely incredible, and obviously it was filmed here in Brighton as well. Yeah, I spoke. I mean, I moved here last year, so I've um, I wasn't here when they were filming, but I've spoken to lots of people who said, "Oh yeah, we saw lots of filming happening, and Harry waved at us, and all this kind of stuff." And oh. my niece is such a Harry Styles fan, so oh. um, she's like, "Oh my god, I can't wait for the film to come out." It's I am be also now a massive Harry Styles fan. He I should incredible. add, he is incredible. Mm. Yes, he is. Mm. So Love amazing. Harry. Yeah. So did you get to like meet the cast and work with them and kind of give so, advice? And so no, I mean. Uh, you know, I would say working and giving advice would be would be taking it too far. But I did, but I did, I did meet, I did meet them, and you know, they were lovely and fantastic, mm. and it was um, an amazing experience and a, mm. and a kind of just weird, out of body, mm. surreal experience. To be honest, mm. you know, kind of going up the beach and um, looking over the kind of brow of the pebbles, and you know, there's Harry Styles and Emma Corrin being tom and marion you yeah. know and it just it was like it was kind of a physically like yeah. you know that's so odd yeah um, it's your story that you've created in yes, your mind yes people bringing it to life it must be incredible well this is it because you know so, um you know as a writer you spend a lot of time just sitting at your desk uh, letting your kind of fantasies essentially mm-hmm. scroll out and it feels very private mm-hmm. you know because it's just you and the page mm-hmm. and although you sort of have a vague notion that somebody someday might read it and mm-hmm. you hope that they will yeah. um it has to feel like it's just you and the page Absolutely. you know it's a very sort of intense intimate thing really and then to see that kind of happening in real life, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it feels quite um, thrilling and amazing, but also quite exposing. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah because it's, I guess it's, yeah, it, it elevates your work to another level, doesn't it? And it's people get to then criticise. I mean, it's already come out and, you know, the book's been out for years, but yeah. people then get to have another opinion on it or criticise it or 
give rave reviews. It's it's kind of a mix of everything, really, isn't it? It's a mix of everything. It's quite hard to hold on to, you know, mm. what it actually means. And it's, um, uh, you know, also it, it has a, a completely other life now. Mm. You know, it's like it was kind of my baby, but it's grown up and yeah. it's, 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 ha- it's having its own adult life somewhere yeah. else. And in a way, I just have to kind of step away and yeah. and look on and, and cross my fingers and hope for the best, yeah. you know, and hope that they have a good life. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and at the moment, it looks like they are. So yeah. that's good. People are really excited about this film. I have to say um, and I think there's a real kind of uh, I think you know you have got a great lead <laughs> you know he I mean you know it's yeah. you, you've got someone at the moment who is a global superstar yes. leading your story <laughs> I know. so I think you know that in itself takes it to a level but I think the story as well will hold its own and I think that people will really just love it um, I can't wait to watch the film I'm so excited I, I have to say I think when you read a book and you fall in love with it um you, you you become connected to it. I mean, when I, I you probably feel the same. Sometimes you read a book and you get to the last page and you think, I want to go back into their world and see what happens. You miss or them. You miss them. Yes. So it's great that actually there's another opportunity to step back into that world and see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hope so. You know, and I mean, you know, I mean, obviously Harry is amazing, but, you know, the others are just incredible. Mm. I mean, David Dawson as as Patrick... He, you know, he he is stupendous. I mean, he's mm. a, he is Patrick for me, and you know, I'm so pleased it's him because yeah. he just he just does embody Patrick, and that was very important to me, obviously, mm. because he he is my favourite. Yes. <laughs> so you know, and and he does it so well, and you know, Emma Corrin brings that kind of vulnerability mm. and. Um, and yet that kind of flinty inner determination, mm. mm-hmm. you know, that that they've got, which is, you know, just incredible. Um, Gina McKee, you know, I've I've really admired her for a long time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, she she brings this. She has such kind of subtlety. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to do a lot, but mm-hmm. it means a lot. And Rupert Everett, I mm, mean, yeah. acting royalty icon. Yes, you know, and it, again, you know, isn't in it that much, but you know what he does is just fantastic. So yeah, I couldn't be. And of course, Linus Roach. I saw Linus Roach. Um, on the stage when I was about 15 wow. um, at Stratford going with on a school trip. So wow. I'm so, I'm just really starstruck that it's Full him. Full circle moment. Full circle moment. Yeah, I told him that and, he, and I don't think he was very pleased because I think it made him feel a bit old. But, you know, I'm a bit old as well, so that's all right. But yeah, and, you know, he's he's fantastic too. So it's, yeah, I'm so pleased. I mean, it's amazing. And have you seen the finished product? Yes. And you're happy with the result? I'm very pleased. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, as I said, it's, it's, it was quite hard to take in mm. um, because, you know, because, it, you know, it's my story. So a lot of it, I'm just kind of blinking and thinking, what what, what the hell is going on yeah, here? You know, it's yeah. up there. That's so weird. But yeah, I mean, I was really moved by it, actually, you know, it's the, and it's, it looks, you know, just gorgeous. I mean, Brighton's never looked better well, you know so exciting so can you remind people when the film is out to view so it's in cinemas on october the 21st and it's on uh amazon prime on november the 4th so exciting i and know we, i hope this can be a premiere in brighton well i yeah i've i've, I've got nothing to tell you on that at the moment <laughs> We need to make one if there's Sorry. not. Sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I know. Wouldn't that be nice? Be we'll wonderful. see. Be so wonderful. Yeah, um, yeah. Be a real way to celebrate the city as well. It would just be absolutely incredible. Absolutely. So one thing we always talk about on the podcast is um, is allyship and the importance of being allies. And obviously it's safe mm. to say that you are an ally of our community. And, you know, this book in, in itself is just, you know, it's beautiful. And I think it really will give so much to our community as well. Not just about 
you know, a, a, an authentic love story, but about celebrating history as well. And I think mm. that's really important to mark where, you know, we've come from and how far we've come to, you know, to present day. Um, what does being an ally to the queer community mean to you? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. I mean, I just feel really privileged to hear you say that, to be honest, Andrew, you know, and really relieved, you oh. know, that, that I did an OK job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I suppose, you know, I wrote the book because um, when I came to Brighton, uh, you know, I, I, I came from Warwick University, which was somewhere where there were, you know, th th there was a queer community, but it was small, you mm -hmm. know, and it wasn't very visible. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got to Sussex, obviously that was a much bigger part of mm -hmm. it and a really exciting and vibrant part of mm -hmm. it. And um, when I did my MA, I did a lot of courses in uh, queer theory, as it was called then, it probably still is, I don't know, I'm not in academia anymore, um, with a wonderful academic called... Um, Alan Sinfield and also Andy Medhurst, who taught on that course. Okay. And that's where my kind of love of, um, you know, gay literature and interest in uh, gay history came about. So mm -hmm. I suppose to me it's kind of just about, um, uh, you know, being part of this one big community that is mm -hmm. Brighton, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you just look around, it's all around you mm -hmm. and it's there. And, you know, I think kind of when I first came here, it was probably less visible than mm -hmm. it is now. I mean, things have changed so much, haven't they? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it was it was, it was was still just there in a really exciting part of, of the place and a reason that I wanted to be here because mm -hmm. it just felt like somewhere where, you know, people could be their authentic selves more yeah, easily. Absolutely. I'm not saying that was true for everyone. It certainly wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. and it isn't now. Um, but just having that kind of life, I suppose, mm -hmm. you know, in, in, in the city... Um, was really exciting to me and still is. And, you know, I'm just really proud to be part of it in any way that I can. It's amazing. And the city itself, I mean, you're right, it's it's such an inclusive space, isn't it, regardless of, you know, the presence of the queer community. I think it's just, you know, there are so many different people here, so diverse, and I think that makes it a, one of the most reasons why it's such a wonderful place to live because yeah. we have such a diversity here. But that's that's really, really lovely. Um what advice would you give to anyone who is looking to write a book or has a book that Ooh. they would like to publish? Yeah. What what your based on your experiences? Um so I suppose and the number one piece of advice I would give is that if you're going to write a book you've got to do it because you love it and because you kind of mm -hmm. have to do it, mm -hmm. right? So and um, and kind of hand in hand in that is something about um not writing something that you think people want. Because, you know, I think that way kind of lies madness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got to write about what matters to you, whatever mm -hmm. that is, mm -hmm. and kind of believe in that story and believe in, you know, your right to write it. If you need to do your research, go and do your research and do it properly and earn mm -hmm. the right um, to write that story. But, you know, if something is close to your heart and something, uh, you know, it speaks to you and, and that you're passionate about, that's the thing to write about. And mm -hmm. part of the... Part of the job of your write, of writing really is kind of finding out what that is, and it's not always the first thing that occurs to you. Yeah. You know, I mean, in nearly all my novels, I think I've started writing about something else, and then through that, I've found what I really want to write mm -hmm. about. Um, and you know, obviously, it kind of goes without saying, but but you know, you do it because you love it because. Um, I mean, I know that my policeman has been incredibly successful now, but, you know, I've been a writer for 
a long time and you know none of my other books have made any money really do you know what I mean I've, mm-hmm. I've made enough t- to live on mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. and that felt very lucky mm-hmm. so you know you've got to do it because you love it um, because it takes an awfully long time to write a book yeah and it's a and it's a and it's a long process of getting it published as well but if you love it and you know you think you've got something to write about just do it and sit down at your desk write one word and then write another one yeah. and see what happens. Dedicate the time. I interviewed um, Helen Trevorrow uh, a couple of weeks ago and she was just saying, you know, you she can't wait to write. You have you have to just kind of write. It's something that she just has to do. It's People say, you know, uh, do you struggle to write? And she's like, no, no, no. When I go to the computer and it's my turn to write, that's my time and I lose myself in it. And I loved what you just said as well around... Um, Kind of, you know, the 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 byproduct of you know, m- you know, financials or whatever. It's about the love of the art, isn't it? It's it's one of those things that if you really love something, it doesn't matter whether you make millions of pounds or twenty pounds. It's like if you're proud of the work that you've put in and actually the end product. Anything else that comes is a byproduct of that, isn't it? Really, and that's yeah. that's a really beautiful thing. I think. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think you know, you've got to have that love to keep going, mm. really, because yeah. it is really hard, yeah. you know, to, to to make any money and yeah. to kind of get a career. Absolutely. In that in that field, yeah. but yeah, I mean, the other thing about you know, um, uh, coming to it and kind of feeling inspired and all that, you do obviously have those moments where you know, like you said, you you get taken away, and that mm-hmm. those are golden moments and what every writer sort of lives for but you also get a lot of moments where you don't know what the hell to do yeah. you know and you are looking at a blank page and you're writing rubbish and that's okay too yeah. you know because you do have to write rubbish in order to write good stuff you know mm-hmm. because most writing is about rewriting I mean it's often said but you know all of my first drafts are awful you know and I wouldn't show them to anybody mm-hmm. and they only get any good through going over them about 10 you know 15 20 however mm-hmm. many times it takes mm-hmm. to get it right you know so I think if you sit down and you think oh I'm not inspired this isn't any good that's fine that's how I feel mostly every day mm-hmm. you know and it's only by kind of working at it that it gets better yeah yeah absolutely labor of love it's just you have to just kind of keep mm. going really yeah, yeah absolutely thank you so much that was so lovely I would love to finish with a quick fire round if that's okay it's something we do on quick fire yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds scary. Go on. <laughs> Something we do on every podcast, just to kind of uh, end things on a on a light note. Go on. So, queer icon. Ooh. <laughs> Everyone does that. Ooh. Oh, well, I, you know, I've got to say Ian Forster, haven't I? Uh, yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Yes. No, that makes complete sense. Totally. Queer anthem. Oh, my goodness. Um, da, 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 what am I going to say? There are so many and I can't think of any now. It's all gone. Um, oh, oh, oh. Can I say... Um, I can't think. I can't think. Andrew, I've gone completely... You're in a gay, you're in a gay bar. You're having a drink. Blank. What's coming on the stereo? What? What am I going to say? Gonna there, there are just so many. Um... Can, oh, I mean, I've got to say Dancing Queen, I think. I mean, Everyone you know, it's obvious, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It's let's go of... for that. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. isn't it? Such mm-hmm. a beautiful song. Yeah, and it's one of those ones, I guess, where you just kind of lose yourself with the crowd and have a drink. You've got and... to. Yeah, okay, I, I accept that one, that's good. A book you wish you'd written. Oh, <laughs> so many again. These are really hard because they're just so, there's so many. They're not so quick fire, are they? <laughs> they're not quick fire. They're Challenging like, fire I've, I've, got to, I've got to think about it really hard. Book I wish I'd written. Um, okay, so I'm going to go for one that I've not, you know, that I've read quite recently, which is um, Elizabeth Strout's Olive Again or any of her Olive books. Okay. Yes. Your ultimate holiday destination. 
Venice. Oh, my, oh, Venice. Yeah. Like, it's just stunning, isn't it? It's like Where being else? on a movie. It's just beautiful. Yes. And in, is it in the film as well? Venice. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, of course, because there's yes. a scene in the film. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Did yeah. you go and watch that being filmed? In Venice, yeah. I wish. Oh, no. Yeah. It's beautiful. I suppose Only in my dreams. 2019, um, and then the pandemic hit, and we had to cancel, but we went the year before. But oh my goodness, it's just a beautiful place, isn't it? I love Venice so much. All the food and oh, oh. it's it's yeah, it's it's beautiful and it's it, it's just kind of otherworldly, isn't it? Mm. Everywhere is fantastic, and like yeah. you say, you do you do feel like you're kind of in a theme park, yes. but a really really classy one. Yeah, absolutely, mm. absolutely. A movie you can watch over and over again. Um, well, I'm going to say Room with a View because it's in my mind and I've already said it. And, um, you know, that, that film to me, it's, <laughs> it's so funny yeah. and it's so romantic as well. And it's so beautiful. Okay. And, you know, the performances are, are fantastic. Stunning. Okay. Yeah. And what's next for Beth and Roberts? Oh, well, you know, going to the co-op and getting my, <laughs> get, getting my lunch, probably, Andrew. I don't know. I'm, I'm writing a book. Um, I'm always sort of writing a book or trying to write a book. I'm about halfway through. Amazing. I can't really talk about it because, not because it's like secret, but because if I say what it's about, it will sound rubbish and then I'll stop writing it. Okay. So I always keep it sort of to myself I quite a long private. time. Yeah. It sounds really pretentious, but it's really just about kind of protecting it. Well, also, I think if you have too many outside opinions and influences, then that's when things start to kind of lose their shine, really, don't they? You yeah. know, you've got to keep your dream kind of close to you. I think it's really important. Yeah, it has to be yeah. yours. Yeah, for absolutely. A while. Mm-hmm. Thank you so, so much. Congratulations Pleasure. on the book. Um, I've got my copy here, which I'm going to ask you to sign, actually. Of course. <laughs> and the film as well. And I'm just so excited about it. And I'm just, I'm so pleased for you. It just, it's such a lovely story. And I think to see it come to life on the screen is going to be incredible. So just congratulations. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Cheers. How good was that conversation? Thank you so much, Bethan, for coming onto the podcast. I absolutely loved talking with you. If you haven't read the book, please check it out. My Policeman is an amazing story. You will not be disappointed. And make sure you check out the film as well. I am so excited to see it. You can follow Bethan on Instagram and you can find out lots of information about the film and the book online as well. But thank you so much for listening to Queer I Am, the podcast. Until next time. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Actually. You can also check out my website, fluiactually.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.